Hi everyone, welcome to Venture Talks, Venture Talks number two. We had the opportunity a few days ago to host this very insightful panel uh, about voice is it the new consumer social with a four guests uh, based in the US and in Germany, uh, investors, podcasters, serial entrepreneurs and uh, first time founders as well. Uh, we talked about uh, this very specific topic uh, through uh, different uh, areas of interest, synchronous versus asynchronous speeches. Uh, we talked about the data, about the AI, about inclusion. Uh, we talked as well about uh, hardware and we talked about uh, what could help voice uh, get to mass adoption for consumer. So without further ado, I leave it with you with that very interesting panel about voice, the new consumer social. So that's very cool. We are mid of August 2020, the 12th of uh, August, and uh, I have the pleasure to have like a very incredible uh, panel tonight. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have uh, four guests. So we have uh, Tom Meyer, who is uh, the co-founder and CEO of uh, Voice Hub, based not in Berlin, but in Frankfurt. Hi, Tom. Hi. <laughs> We have Olivier Desmoulins, uh, who is a co-founder of uh, Cappuccino, based in New York. Hi, Olivier. Hello, everyone. And we have uh, Ilan Abehasera, who is a general partner at uh, Diaspora Ventures, co-founder at uh, Willow and podcaster as well at We Are New York. Hi, Ilan. Hey, Salut. And uh, his uh, partner in crime, Carlos Diaz, who is also a general partner at uh, Diaspora Ventures, co-founder at The Refiner and podcaster at Silicon Carnet. Hi, Carlos. Hey, hi, everybody. Excellent. So it's very cool to have you, you guys. Uh, today, we also have the pleasure to have like uh, four to five attendees who uh, are going to uh, ask you some questions and uh, engage with you about that uh, particular topic we have tonight, which is voice. Is it the new consumer social? So it's good to have uh, such a versatile uh, panel, uh, I want to say, because we have investors, angel investors, we have uh, serial entrepreneurs, uh, podcasters, so um, many different uh, perspectives. So um, I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, discussion. So um, I think uh, the best is maybe uh, to have like a very small introduction from you, maybe one to two minutes uh, each, just uh, like uh, the background and what you are doing currently. And we can start with uh, Tom if you're okay. Yeah, sure. So hi again. My name is Tom Meyer. I'm co-founder and CEO of VoiceHub. And I would love to turn on my camera, but it seems like it doesn't work. So sorry for that. We're um, talking about voice, not about video. Yeah, so don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't really mind. Really. <laughs> um, yeah, we are a small little startup from Frankfurt in Germany. We're currently building a new app that basically allows you to do live group podcasts also in an interactive way. All of these podcasts uh, get recorded uh, and they will be shared afterwards in the app so people from your community can listen to it afterwards. And we ran previously ran our beta and are now planning and working on getting the app into the app store. And yeah, this is where we are right now. Okay, when did you launch uh, VoiceHub? We launched the beta in the beginning of June and okay. now are looking for to launch in the app store at the beginning of September. All right, and what did you do before launching uh, VoiceHub? Basically, building other companies. So uh, yeah. after after I, uh, I graduated from university, I started building a consumer uh, e-commerce startup and sold some products online that we sourced from from China and labeled them. 
And after that, uh, I ran a little agency with a couple of friends. And after that, we, we collected our own money and basically bootstrapped voice up to a certain point and now building it with okay. some uh, angel, uh, backed by some angel investors there. Excellent. So welcome here. Uh, next, we can uh, we can have uh, Olivier doing his uh, his intro if you if you're okay with this. Yes. So uh, my name is Olivier Desmoulins. I am a designer specializing in mobile products, uh, consumer mobile products, and uh, I recently co-founded uh, Cappuccino, uh, an app where families can share uh, voice memos and these memos are like mixed by our software called Barista to create a show that is sent to every user every morning at 8 a.m. Excellent. When did you launch uh, Cappuccino? So uh, we did not really launch. We, we Someone launched us. Uh, <laughs> it was not expected but it, it happened like three weeks ago uh, but we've been iterating on, uh, on what started to be a prototype and then a product so we've been iterating on this product uh, uh, for, it depends, between one one year to six months uh, at different stages of, of it. But uh, yeah, we've been working on that for uh, almost one year uh, on this oh. exact concept and, uh, and iterating on audio concept for a bit more. All right. Excellent. Thank you, Olivier. Uh, next, we can have like uh, Ilan doing uh, a small uh, pitch. Ilan, if you're okay with this. All right. Um, so I've been in New York for about 15 years. Um, I'm mainly uh, an entrepreneur today behind my uh, third company called Willow, um, which is building a robot that's automating toothbrushing. Uh, we're a company that's based between France and the US. Um, and we just launched uh, our first batch of products in the US uh, actually a month and a half ago. Uh, outside of that, I've been investing for the past seven years as the business angel. Um, and lately, with Carlos, who's also with us today, uh, we launched a new uh, investment vehicle um, operated by AngelList um, called Diaspora. And the goal is to back uh, tech founders um, launching their products in the US, uh, mostly originally uh, from France. Uh, because that's what Carlos and I uh, have been investing in for a while. Um, so we're interested in that space, in the space of sure. We're, for sure, we're, we're looking at everything that's been built. Um, I know Olivier pretty well, actually. Um, and uh, we've been following also Cappuccino, for sure. Uh, and my third uh, activity, which is more of a, of a passion of mine, is hosting a podcast called uh, We Are New York. So as a podcaster also, I'm testing all kinds of tools and I've been uh, playing with Storm and, and a bunch of other things. Um, so I'm really interested in that space. Excellent. So that's well, <clears throat> Sorry to interrupt you. you. Maybe you want to finish. No, no, I was done. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Elan. Welcome here. And uh, Carlos, please. Yeah. Uh, yes, so I'm a, a repeat founder. I, I created, uh, I started my first startup. I was 23. That was uh, back in 97 um, in France. Um, it was a, a digital agency that uh, became public in 2006. I left the company when the, the company became public to create the first uh, SaaS player in Europe named Blue Kiwi Software that was doing an enterprise social network. 
moved to San Francisco with this company in 2010 because uh, I thought that I was not at the right place in Europe to do something, uh, to do SaaS uh, business. Um, moved my, with my family, I've got two daughters um, uh, here in San Francisco in 2010. Uh, we sold uh, Blue Kiwi software to Atos in uh, 2012. Uh, then I started a, a, a mobile company uh, here in San Francisco with everything American, uh, American co-founders, American investors, and I failed. Uh, so I think I've got a, a pretty good understanding of what it is to be a, an entrepreneur. With uh, uh, I became public with one of my company. I, I, I sold one, uh, another one, you know, and I failed. And then I became um, an investor in uh, 2015, uh, run an acceleration program here in San Francisco dedicated to European funders that want to expand their business into the US. Uh, and uh, after running this acceleration program for five years, uh, uh, we decided to stop this acceleration program during the COVID, uh, because basically because we couldn't bring anyone from Europe to uh, to the US anymore. And I started this project of Diaspora Ventures you know, with uh, Elan, that is uh, uh, a fund dedicated to uh, uh, yes, French founders in, in priority because that's where we have our network, but we totally fine you know, to uh, invest in uh, any uh, European founders if we think they are great. Uh, we try to uh, uh, focus on uh, founders already in the US but not only because we think that there is also a new generation of entrepreneurs uh, that are in Europe, but that they're already thinking global from day one. And we are very interested in this kind of uh, entrepreneurs as well. Excellent. Welcome, uh, Carlos. And, and yes, you. I'm a podcaster, yeah. you know, also myself. And uh, I'm very, very uh, into this space. Uh, and uh, I'm very excited about everything that is going on, you know, in podcast and audio. I think that really audio is... Uh, is a new medium, very interesting medium to uh, to look at, you know, as an investor, but also as an entrepreneur. Excellent, thank you, Carlos. So I think yeah, the, the timing is quite good uh, today to have this talk uh, because uh, we just uh, read on TechCrunch. Uh, it was like a few hours ago that uh, Gong, uh, the company uh, which has already raised like 100 million this uh, this year, has uh, raised another round of 200 million at a 2.2 billion valuation. So obviously, it's not um, a consumer uh, use case; it's a B2B uh, company, but uh, it uh, it shows us the importance of uh, of voice and what uh, it could uh, have as a an impact and here gong is uh, is like doing a speech uh, to text for ai uh, uh, for uh, for sales uh, use cases but uh, today we're going to talk about uh, social voice consumer social voice and uh, maybe uh, I have so many topics I want to address with you that it's a bit difficult to uh, to sort them out. Uh, <laughs> I sent already the bullet points to Ilan a few hours ago, and um, I added a few ones uh, after that. Uh, and because I'm French and we like to pretend that we can talk uh, philosophy, I just want to <laughs> I just want to, to maybe to uh, to share with you a few catch phrases that I uh, that I uh, that I read a, a few days ago preparing the podcast. The first one is. Uh, to free the voice is to free the person. And uh, it was a catchphrase from a former um, Christine Linklater. I think she was the head of the theater division at Columbia University. And there is a second catchphrase that I like very much, which is the voice is the muscle of the soul. And this catchphrase is from uh, Alfred 
Wolfson and he was a German uh, singing teacher. So I don't want you to iterate on those uh, catchphrases, but I just want to maybe to, to set the context of uh, the importance of uh, voice. And um, talking about the bullet points uh, and the topics I would like to address, I think um, there is maybe uh, the first topic, uh, which is uh, a core topic about voice and in consumer, it's um, maybe the opposition between uh, doing live voice exercises and talking live with other people, with your fellow and with your community. And the fact to record uh, snippets of um, of voice and uh, share them in a asynchronous uh, way. So, um, do you think that there is an opposition uh, for those two types of uh, discussion you could have with the community, or do you think that uh, they, they they can live side by side and uh, there aren't any, there isn't any opposition uh, in those two ways of uh, of communicating? Um, I don't know if my question is clear, but uh, who would like to start? Uh, maybe just a quick uh, quick comment. It's not really an answer, but to me, it's like, you know, if you compare live to asynchronous um, audio content, it's like comparing um, TV and Netflix. And I think they don't live together. Um, they can't be inside the same product. That's why Netflix is not planning to do any live content uh, because people go to Netflix uh, to pick content whenever they're ready to, to get it, um, which is not the case with TV, and that's why TV is still alive, um, <clears throat> just for live programming and live scheduling. It could be a live show, but it could also be something that's recorded that just um, um, that's just being streamed uh, at the same time for everyone. So I found that in audio products, uh, it's been actually the same for me. When you look at live uh, audio content like Storm, for instance, uh, if you miss it, of course you can replay, but the power of a live platform like Storm is when you participate live in a show. And that's actually when people really enjoy it, ask, ask, question, ask question, when the host you know, answers your question live, it has a special feeling to it. Um, and that's also what's probably missing to asynchronous content like podcasts um, that we're doing. Uh, we're missing the community aspect of it. So those are two completely different products, uh, two different use cases as well, and maybe even two different types of uh, consumers uh, for those two products. So what you mean is that when you want to build a consumer product uh, around voice, you need to uh, choose your way and you cannot build something that would incorporate uh, those two types of uh, conversation. You have to separate them and you have to uh, encapsulate them into two different maybe products or two different uh, apps or whatever, but they can't live side by side. Yeah, that's what okay. I think. What do you think, Tom, about it? Because uh, you are building a voice hub, uh, which is kind of, from what I understand kind of... Uh, a mix between uh, live and um, and asynchronous uh, uh, voice snippets. So, is it right? Is it? I mean, uh, is my understanding correct or uh, or not? Yeah, yeah, your understanding is correct. I'm not sure. So, yeah, we obviously decided on on incorporating live and uh, asynchronous content. The reason why we did that is if you starting off with a live only platform, I think there are definitely a lot of hurdles and a lot of problems in scaling up this content in the beginning, especially if you don't have enough 
supply early on like day one so if you if you talk about the the most public example there with clubhouse i think what they nailed is that they got people that already kind of know each other to talk about all of these different things on their platform and providing supply all the time and if you if you have that i think that's definitely great but i think it can also work if you have live content that's super engaging and what we try to do is we always onboard new users when something is happening live because that helps us to make the first experience the best experience. That's obviously true. But what we see is that people also come back to, to listen to stuff that they've missed. It's definitely not that magical, but it helps you to build up a first kind of audio library that you can use. You make the first user experience better if, if the user does not come in when there's something live happening in the early days um, because there is at least something there. And um, it helps us to, to really, really build up content and to, to have something for people to always be engaged. Obviously, the, the, the focus is on, on scaling up these live communities, but while scaling up these live communities, we also get asynchronous content that we can use for different use cases or provide the user with uh, at some some later point. So I think there's definitely, from my point of view, there is a chance to, to have a product that incorporates both. All right. Uh, and you, Olivier, so you decided uh, to choose like uh, the asynchronous way to build a cappuccino. Um, what's your initial take uh, for having chosen this, this way? Uh, do you have like a very strong conviction on asynchronous or a very uh, strong negative view on live uh, or is it not uh, at all uh, the starting point of your uh, thinking? So it would be lying to say that I did not have a strong point of view. Now I have a different point of view uh, than in the beginning. Uh, just to give, a, so in my background, I spent like three years uh, designing the app uh, You Now, which is a live video uh, streaming app. Um, and uh, so I have a very strong experience in, in live. And after that, when I started to think about uh, Cappuccino or the idea of doing something in the live, uh, in the audio space, sorry, I, I came up quickly to the conclusion that building a live product was a bad idea and uh, I changed my mind. Um, the thing is that my point of view at this moment was like a kind of opposition between live and asynchronous. And I don't think this is the right way to think about it. Uh, I think it's a matter of who is your target, what's your use case. Um, for, and for example, when, the first time I talked to the Storm guys, I told them, guys, uh, I think you're wrong. You're killing yourself by uh, uh, creating content that expires, uh, that you have to have the audience at the same time that you're broadcasting. Uh, for me, it was a, a mistake. But then when you see Clubhouse, uh, it's just obvious. Why? Because as uh, Tom could say, it's like guys from a small network that happen to just chill at the end of the day. And what I think, Tom, what you meant, what you uh, forgot in, in your comment is that it's a time where they meet. It's not like it's live all the day. It's when they launch, they scaled like with like they, they slowly grew with like guys meeting online uh, in the evening. And I think they, they found this use case where you can be dishwashing, you can be uh, you can be changing a diaper and listening to Clubhouse. It's not very engaged. It's like it's here. It's like you you turn off your your TV at home and you you see a talk show, and uh, and it's more like it's. I don't make a difference between async 
and life as an opposition, it's more like how a, a type of people, for example, in Twitch, it's live, but you have like uh, guys who like video games they are in the evening between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. and they're kind of chilling while doing something else and watching a guy streaming. It totally makes sense because there is this short moment in the day where they can all be connected at the same moment and there is a coincidence between the streamers and the audience. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah Carlos, what's your yeah, opinion about that... live and uh, yeah, and uh, asynchronous? Uh, I think that what uh, um, uh, Olivier just said is very, very interesting um, about, it's, it's a little bit like remote, you know, I mean, the question is not the location anymore, the question is the time zone. Uh, so are you on the same time zone? So basically, I, can we work together you know, at the same time? And I think that what Olivier said about Twitch is very true, that it, it, it's not a coincidence you know, that Twitch started with gaming and gamers have a very uh, similar schedule. So what Olivier said, and, and they joined together on the platform at kind of the same time, late at night. I'm a gamer, you know myself, I play League of Legends from 11 to 3, 3 a.m. every day. And I'm on Twitch as well. So that's very true. Uh, now, I will temper a little bit, you know, what Olivier said about Clubhouse. Even if I think that there is a lot of very interesting things on Clubhouse, my personal perspective on Clubhouse is that it's a, and by the way, the word is just terrible. It's a, it's a bro club. It's basically uh, a bunch of uh, guys uh, from Silicon Valley that couldn't meet anymore, you know, at the Battery, that is a very famous, you know, club in San Francisco, and join, you know, a clubhouse to uh, chat together. I'm very, I'm very surprised, you know, that they talk together very openly when it's very easy to record, you know, a conversation in clubhouse, you know, with your phone, et cetera, et cetera. And most of the people on clubhouse think that it's totally private, that they can have any kind of conversation. I think that Clubhouse is, uh, is already over. I think that uh, Clubhouse, we are, Andreessen Horowitz uh, invested $10 million you know, in this company. So now Andreessen Horowitz is, uh, is uh, 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 try to make it something happen, you know, run Clubhouse, inviting a ton of people, celebrities and people from Silicon Valley to uh, try to pretend that there is something going on. But there is a lot of backlash, you know, right now in Clubhouse, and I think it's going to be very, very difficult for Clubhouse, you know, to uh, uh, to get out of the the bad buzz, you know, going on, you know, right now in Silicon Valley, because there is a uh, already a, a ton of people saying that uh, it's uh, it's not open-minded, that it's only a few people talking together like they used to talk. But why don't they use WhatsApp, you know, to do that? You know, I mean, that you don't have, you don't need Clubhouse, you know, for that. So I don't see how Clubhouse can become public, you know, and become a larger social network. When I think it's a fantastic idea, you know, there is a, there is room for audio based social network, you know, right now for many reasons that we can talk about. But uh, I would be very, very cautious, you know, with Clubhouse, because I think that it's uh it remembers me a lot, you know, uh, 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 the beginning of the social networks. And I don't know if uh, anybody remember MySpace anymore and stuff like that. So I think that Clubhouse is going to be, is not going to be the, the winner for sure. But there will be something.
Venture Talks, Runaway Series, and AmaVCs are three podcasts that we are producing at Upcoming VC. But Upcoming VC is not only podcast, it's also a newsletter which is called Venture Notes. So you can join Venture Notes at VentureNotes.co, VentureNotes.co. You will read about uh, everything, uh, venture capital, entrepreneurship, innovation. So it's uh, a good way for you to stay afloat about uh, what we are doing and about all the areas that are of our interest. Uh, but uh, Upcoming VC is also a VC game which is called Supervalo uh, that you can join uh, on the following link upcoming.vc slash supervalo S-U-P-E-R-V-A-L-O Supervalo It's a fantasy league for venture capital think like a fantasy league for soccer but here it's for VC you build your portfolio and uh, you compare your portfolio with uh, that of other players so it's a good way to understand how to construct a portfolio uh, at this stage and we have a lot of features that are upcoming so subscribe to venture notes at venturenotes.co and participate to our vc game super at upcoming.vc slash and now we go back to the show if we can take maybe a small step back and to try to understand uh, what would make a, a success uh, for, for, for a voice product do you think that uh, any voice product just like any uh, other product initial success would depend upon the initial community uh, which is adopting the product and uh, you are uh, referring to all the VCs and all the founders and uh, high profiles adopting uh, Clubhouse in the early days and making uh, building this momentum but do you think Uh, if you want to build um, this type of, uh, of a consumer social product around voice, you need to have very famous communities adopting it. Mm, I, I would say it depends on. Mm, I would say it depends on the, the buckets you are watching, so or you are looking to to grow in. So we obviously look to to grow in the bucket um, communities, people that don't know each other, and. Um, not like friends and family. And if you look at friends and family, there are different dynamics and different ways you need to grow a startup that's focused on friends and family compared to some startup that tries to grow with foreign communities. So for us, I think it's definitely something that we've seen that um, the best conversations or, or a lot of the good conversations come together if there are some people in a room that uh, other people know and there are already kind of Famous is a big word, but people know them for a certain type of topic. And if they lead the conversation, and if you then drop people into this conversation that maybe just have different viewpoints and you don't know them or you don't know their background, but really spice up the conversation. So we are looking definitely to in, in to different segments that we find interesting and we A-B testing these segments. And what we see is that you, if you get a segment, you need to get people in the segment that are kind of famous, that have kind of a following, kind of a community. And if you provide them with the right tool and with the right app to really make a connection to the, to the rest of their community and have a conversation with them, then that's a pretty interesting product to build. So for us, it's, I think for us, it's a little bit different than when you compare it to, to a product like Cappuccino. Okay, maybe uh, you want to follow up, uh, Olivier, on uh, what uh, um, Tom said. Yeah. Um... I would, <clears throat> I would say in our case, we're testing these different demographics, different types of targets. And uh, 
and when you test these targets, you, I mean, you, you have convictions in the beginning, but then you, you, you test your ideas and you see that at some point, the products, if we, if we check our amplitude, we know that uh, the product resonates a lot with close friends and family. And, uh, and this is, uh, I mean, we have tremendous uh, retention on this target. Um, so when a user creates a group, they invite their friends or they invite their family, sometimes they invite both groups. And this works very well. We, we have tried, but maybe the product is not in, mature enough for that, but we have tried to have small communities. And so far, uh, the results are not convincing. Uh, and, and we believe we have enough to grow for now. I mean, we are not giving up in the long term on small communities, but, but we have enough to grow with friends and family where we bring a lot of value. For communities, I think it's another game. It's like you have a community leader. I mean, maybe, Marie, you, you, you have a take on that, but it's like, I believe that you guys have a lot of tools to use. You can use Telegram, you can use Slack, you can use uh, Instagram to, to manage your communities. Then you have things that you need, like monetization or ways to have more engagement. But, and, and for now, this kind of problematic that a community leader might have uh, or like a creator, sorry, I put them in the same bucket, but they are not exactly the same, but uh, it's not the, the kind of features or stuff that we are addressing with Cappuccino. So I, in our case, it's more like a typical type of demographic, but it's not a network effect coming from a famous guy from a, from a, a community inviting all his community. It's yeah, more like, what is your competition? Do you see Instagram, your competitor, or WhatsApp, more. Oh, that's so. I see my I see two competitors, and and it will be very not humble. I'm sorry for that. No, no, but of course. I I think in the consumption time, I think there is a war to be the first app people listen to in the morning. So in that case, the competitor is Spotify or Apple Podcast or all this audio um, content uh, apps, Luminary. Uh, this kind of thing it's like what is the app you put in your ears uh, when you leave your your apartment and uh, you put your headphones uh, then in terms of uh, of communication with friends yeah we are in a kind of same area uh, that whatsapp even though we know we won't replace whatsapp because for example and i think it's fine to to we are very narrow on a specific use case for example if i don't know i lost my keys and i need to text my wife to tell her oh okay, will you be at the apartment i won't send her a bin like because she would have it <laughs> the day after <laughs> yeah and uh, it doesn't matter to have music on top of that uh, uh, of that but it's more like okay if you want to share something a bit more deep and for now this is our focus and we believe maybe we're wrong but we believe we have a lot uh, a lot of opportunity to grow focusing on, on in doing that incredibly well maybe marie you want to say a word so we have like uh, eight to ten people uh, who have uh, joined uh, uh, join us to, uh, to to talk to, uh, to to our guests so we have uh, marie dole uh, with us so maybe you want to say a word about you and uh, um, maybe rebound uh, on what olivier said i i completely agree actually i'm no expert but uh i was into like looking into social audio so uh i, I know olivier i exchanged with him quite a, a few times i exchanged with gilles as well his co-founder and uh, i actually wrote an article uh, i think it was a month ago uh Rafael, you helped me out as well and i mapped out all the social audio apps i found and it's actually interesting because i think i mapped out maybe 40 apps and uh, I'm, I'm still look, uh, looking into it. And I was actually talking to another co-founder this morning from TapTapes, 
which I find is uh, is interesting. And just basically what I saw is that out of all the apps, uh, first of all, there's been a lot of social audio apps in like the last past year. So there is a trend, there is something into it, that's for sure. Um, then the second thing is I saw maybe in the last couple, couple of years, I saw maybe two, three apps that, uh, I mean, no, not two, three, it was like 13 or 14 that shut down. So that means also that audio is complicated because uh, you can't just, uh, you know, do something with voice and expect it to blow up. You really need to have something that's differentiating. It has to have like something strong because, you know, you can text an audio, you know, with your uh, telephone, you can do it on WhatsApp, you can do it on anything. So if you want people to use it, it has to bring something the other ones don't bring. So that's what I like uh, about Cappuccino. because It's completely different. Um, you've got, uh, I'd say maybe four or five apps uh, that are really differentiating, like in their aspects. Um, I like there is this app that's in B2B and B2C, it's called Yak, and they've got also the B2C version. What I like about that is that their positioning is like an alternative to Zoom, Zoom fatigue. So the whole website is built around this, this era, so I think that's interesting. But, and I you mean, put the link on the on the on the chat, you know, because yeah. I did. I'm sure I, I'm not sure I got you know the the name correctly. So I'll I'll, 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 put, uh, I'll if if um so if Rafael, if that's okay, can I put the link to my yeah, of course. Not, of course. Not oh, yeah, that yeah, I wanted to do to, so to promote anything, but um. So I mean, I, I completely agree with Olivier. It really has to have some, something differentiating, and you know. There was, um, I think uh, Olivier was mentioning the fact that he launched three weeks ago, but he didn't expect to launch. I think he's referring to the fact that um, the co-founder, the founder of um, Product Hunt just tweeted about it and said it was great. He liked the app. It was really refreshing. And I think Ryan Hoover is really into social audio. He really likes it. It's something he's really interested. And he doesn't often like really tweet about audio. So again, he spotted it because it was something that was differentiating so but that's just my opinion and i'm no expert just curious thank you for uh, for your take uh, i have four uh, other topics i'd like to to, to address with you uh, there is one which is uh, to me very important but i want to understand from you guys if it's something important uh, as well for real it's about uh, data uh, we had a quick talk like uh, two weeks ago with carlos uh, about uh, data and don't you think that uh, obviously you have the amplitude of this world that uh, you referred to Olivier before to understand your users, uh, but um, aren't we uh, missing something in terms of data uh, with voice? Because uh, obviously we have the GPT-3 uh, from OpenAI, which is like uh, understanding uh, what, you, what you tell and uh, putting it into text. But there is a lot uh, missing in voice that uh, you, you, you can't analyze uh, with text and with a video. You can understand what's, uh, what's happening and then you can build things around it and maybe uh, engage even more with your users. But with voice, uh, what's, uh, what's possible around voice to, uh, to get as a data uh, in terms of content? Is it something important or not? Uh, do we have solutions? Uh, is it something minor to you? You're asking I, the question to to uh, to everyone. Okay, all right. Can I? I uh, personally, I think that right now you can do speech to text, and that you can index, you know, a lot of the conversation, uh, um, audio conversation, and and you have all the tools, and most of them are open source and pretty easy to use if and you want accurate. to index. What? 
uh, accurate? Yeah, it's it's. I, I made some tests, you know, and uh, it's pretty good, and it's getting better, and it's going to get better and better. So, I don't think that's really the problem. But uh, I'm running a survey, you know, right now with uh, uh, podcast listeners uh, because I'm interested in uh, in this topic. And just so you know, one thing interesting I discovered in the survey that was kind of uh, surprising to me. Um, when you ask a question to uh, podcast listeners, what, do you, what is the most important you know, for you in a podcast? Uh, I saw that people will answer the content. And yes, of course, the answer, the, the content is very well positioned you know, in the list. But the first you know, section, uh, the first answer is the host. Come the for host the host, stay the for guest. the host. Yes, absolutely. So basically, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering if uh, people are, the, the audio is, a, is a such an emotional uh, media that I think that uh, uh, listening to podcasts is about creating some intimacy, is about creating a, a true, authentic relationship you know, with others. You know, of course, you can learn stuff and discover some content and, and stuff like that. But yes, you're right. Writing and, and searching on Google is much easier. Uh, I think that what people are craving Uh, when they are listening to podcasts is about is more about social stuff is more about you know uh, relationship i think that what is very interesting with audio is that you cannot stage uh, a conversation uh, i'm I, I, i've got my podcast and what people tell me because they send me message you know on the side and say i really feel like i know you uh, because i'm listening to your podcast etc your voice and stuff like that So back to your question, I think that, yes, you're right, the content is important, and I think that there would be technology to do that more and more and, and better and better. But I think that the real, real motivation of listening podcast is really to uh, connect with people and get a relationship, a, a more intimate you know, relationship with your host or even their guests. But you're referring to podcast, but uh, is voice only podcast or is my question related to uh, I mean, I everything voice and not only podcast? Even uh, Cappuccino, so if you think yeah. about Cappuccino, uh, I don't think that the content of the message is maybe the most important. The real thing is that I've got the voice of a friend of mine that thought of me today and sent me a message that could be a very, very uh, simple message. Just the fact that I hear his voice or her voice and that it's it's coming to me in the morning. The first thing I'm going to hear is going to pump me up, you know, for the day. It's going to make my day and it's going to make me feel good. And you can say anything, you know, it could be just a few words, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of people, for example, with Elan, and Elan is the one who started, you know, that with me. I was not very uh, into that, you know, but he's sending me, we have a WhatsApp, you know, group. And he's the one, you know, sending me every day. <laughs> We're not going to give details, you know, about the content of that. Share the link to join the group. <laughs> no, yeah, a, a audio message, you know, because Elon is really about that, you know, sending audio message on WhatsApp. Uh, I, I was not used to that. So, and, and because of the time difference, it's the first message I got, you know, in the morning. It's like my cappuccino is a message you know, from Elon. And uh, I, at, at the beginning, I was on my bed, in my bed, you know, listening uh, to this message, and I was feeling a little bit strange. But yes, it, vague, it, it, it brings... A, a ton of emotion and a ton of thing that is very positive. And I think that's very interesting. Olivier, you wanted to say uh, something? About yeah, it. I just, I'm totally, I totally agree with Carlos on this. Um, and, uh, and if your question is also related to how will this startup monetize because they don't, uh, uh, they don't aggregate as many data as a Facebook could, etc. Exactly. I think I see that 
so first, in as an early stage startup, I would say it's not my main focus in how to collect data about people. But also, we are in 2020, and um, and I think it's like uh, I think it's maybe over this area of uh, consumer products that make money just by uh, using data and selling ads. And yeah. I mean, in we want to be an op- we want to build an opinionated product where. Uh, we are not about collecting data about our users. Uh, we want users to, I mean, we, this is what we're building. A, a safe, we want to build a safe place where people think they can express themselves and the data belongs to them and we will not store it uh, indefinitely on our servers. And, um, and, and we will find ways to monetize based on selling them uh, cool features rather than uh, selling them ads. Yeah, I totally agree. Maybe Ilan, you want to say a, a word because uh, Carlos said that you were the, the first one to build Cappuccino <laughs> before That's Cappuccino true. existed. So what's your take about uh, these uh, snippets of voice and about uh, this uh, this topic uh, of uh, data and uh, uh, of content inside uh, the snippets? Yes, I think voice uh, is definitely... Um related to the emotion you will uh, convey in your messages. So the, the media itself is the one I like the most. I couldn't do a video podcast instead of the one I'm doing right now. I wouldn't be you know, as uh, comfortable talking to my guests if it was in video. So that in itself shows that the data that we're getting out of voice uh, is probably less important. <clears throat> and like Olivier said, um, if we're interested in data because we can monetize it, uh, then as we can see right now in, in all of the media platforms uh, using voice, I could be podcast, but all of the other ones that are emerging, um, the way we're monetizing this content is completely different. It's not super scalable at this point. Uh, if you look at podcasting, for instance, like everybody is like uh, struggling to find um you know, a stable business model for podcasting. Uh, and I'm not even talking about the other platforms because they are brand new. So they didn't even think yet about ways to monetize their um, their product. So that, that's what also I find very interesting with this space. There's a lot to build. And for now, it's pretty confidential as a space. I think we can all agree with that. Outside of podcasting, everything else is not mainstream yet. Um, so I think we'll, we'll learn as we go and data is not top of mind as we can see with this discussion. It's not the first thing we're t- thinking about when talking about voice. And uh, I think it's an interesting uh, point you're making because it's a kind of a transition to another topic I, I wanted to address is about a uh, yeah, discovery of all those uh, voice uh, things for, for the consumer and about uh, potential uh, mass adoption. Do you think uh, that... Uh, like some kind of a portal of voice uh, would be critical to to making a voice uh, and consumer social uh, uh, application uh, discovered and adopted by consumer? Do you think like uh, there should be kind of uh, app stores for uh, voice uh, product that should exist in order to uh, to, to to 10x, uh, 100x, and uh, 1000x adoption of uh, voice uh, product for consumer? Or do you think like it's not? Uh, something uh, that uh, we need to take care of at this stage uh, and the uh, portals and uh, app stores for voice are just not relevant for for, for voice uh, things for consumer. I'm not sure if I made myself clear. No, it's very clear. 
who would like to uh, to have something to say about it? Like, I'm not sure we need uh, another app store. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Marie just posted a link actually, airpodappstore.com. It's interesting because the way Apple is thinking about AirPods is definitely as a platform. Although I'm not so sure we need another app store for voice specific apps. Um, <clears throat> When you look at apps like uh, Clubhouse, what we were discussing earlier uh, about the community you need to grow, I think you know if you look at other consumer products in general and not focusing just about voice, um, I think one very good example is Twitter. Uh, when it started, you know it was a text-based social network, just like today we're talking about a voice-based uh, social network like Clubhouse. Twitter became really big really quickly because lots of influential people in Silicon Valley um, started using it intensively. Just like Instagram, actually, for for a picture in another space. And the most difficult thing, I think, for uh, voice apps is to move from a confidential app and a, and, and a quick, uh, like a, a, you know, a fast trend, like Clubhouse. Cl- Clubhouse might be a trend, might get big, nobody knows at this point but you need to get out of the Silicon Valley bubble and, and touch everyone. And I think that's, that's the risk with those new apps like, like Clubhouse. Nobody can access it, right? I mean, I, I, I don't know if any one of us actually has access to uh, Clubhouse. I'd be interested to see. We're all into voice, but maybe one, two, three people out of 10 or 15 have access to it because it remains like it's all in its own uh, bubble. So using the community and influential people will be necessary for all of those new apps to get big. But also the challenge will be to move from um, a small circle of influential people to the mainstream. And I think we're uh, just at the beginning of it. So maybe some, some, something on, on that, you know, that is, uh, I think that really we need to understand that audio is more about community building than content. And that's interesting when you talk about advertising or discovery, like a portal, you know, to search for content. It's, it's very relevant, you know, for content, but it's not relevant if you think about, you know, audio like uh, the community and community of people and connection and, and, and like a social network. It could be a very small social network like Cappuccino is doing or a bigger one or whatever. The thing is that we don't have this big social network you know, right now going on. And I think that's what is missing. But I think that audio is more about you know, this community thing about building relationship and connection and authentic you know, relationship, you know, by the way, and very spontaneous you know, also relationship and connection in between people than just you know content in discovering content by the way how many times did you listen twice a podcast never i, I mean, did it once you listen a podcast well, you did it once okay but most of the time you get you know this uh, thrill of surprise this joy of the conversation you know one time and you're not going to listen uh, again you know this kind of thing when when a blog post, for example, is very different. I've been reading, you know, blog posts maybe 10 times or searching, you know, posts, you know, many times. For audio, it's not the same. You know, it's like, um, it's, it, it, it's, it's like a dinner, you know. Uh, you cannot, you know, repeat a dinner, 
you know, it's, you can have another dinner and it's going to be very different with different guests and different food, but it's going to be a different experience. So every podcast, every audio content is a different experience with different people. That's what makes it, you know, I think very interesting, by the way. So, so what you mean is that the content of uh, anything voice is just uh, relevant for the moment you are listening to it and not uh, like for, for, for yes. ages. So as opposed to an article uh, which... Uh, Uh, could have taken like uh, months to, to write down, uh, even though a voice uh, and uh, maybe doing a show or doing something around voice could have taken a, a lot to prepare. It's not something that you would consume uh, for a long time, but you, you would just consume it at the moment it's uh, made available and not uh, later. Even though the, the, the content uh, could have taken ages to prepare. So don't you think that there is kind of a frustration for the content creators about, uh, about your take, potential uh, frustration? That uh, you've taken long. I would love long to have to... the perspective of Tom doing live podcasting, you know, on that because I think that it's a very different, you know, format than traditional podcasting. By the way, a stat says that a podcast, for example, takes about six hours on average to create. You know, it's a lot of work. It's very time-consuming. When a live podcast can only takes a few minutes. So I would love, you know, to have the perspective of Tom. How did How does it differentiate? You know, is that two kind of different, it's, it's two different formats? What it is? How do you see that? Yes, so it's, def it's definitely two different kind of formats. I, I would say there, that's because there's a different use case for voice up than for producing or creating a traditional podcast. So what we've seen or what, one was, what was one of our insights is that a podcast takes up to, like you said, up to six hours to create, to produce, you need to script it, you need to record it, you need to do the editing and all that stuff. And when you uploaded it and you put it on the RSS, it takes sometimes up to 24 hours to get distributed on every platform. So if you want to react something, what's happening right now, and a lot of podcasts out there are basically news podcasts. They review the news of the week, they review some, some big tech news or stuff like that, but they are all not able to do like a live, quick podcast show when something happening. So when, for example, when the, the, the round with Clubhouse came together, there was a lot of news on Twitter. There was a lot of buzz. You could read a lot of tweets, but it took like two to three days until the first kind of podcast episodes was out there to really review it and talk about it. And what we are filling and where we are a little bit more concentrated on is getting that initial news piece or that initial excitement and put it on on voice with like the press on two or three buttons and then your community gets notified and everyone can join in to listen to and even maybe can jump into the conversation and participate in it and then the reason why we record it is, is it's definitely true that for the people that are in the live show it's not that important for them to have the recording and to listen to it afterwards But for example, if you're not in a live show and you talked about the Clubhouse thing, and for me, for example, it would be super interesting because I'm like a founder in that space and I missed it, it would be equally as valuable to listen to the recording than to listen to the live group because I'm a new user. So it's definitely... If, But if not I, three years 
not not in three years in that's, the, in, that's in the following days or that's true weeks. yeah yeah you you could you could argue that that, that that there's also some other cases where it's maybe still valuable in three years that's not okay. about a use case for for news but there are definitely some other cases where you do a weekly show and you re, mm. you review something or you talk about something and maybe it's relevant to somebody in one year but that's also not our focus so our focus is to provide a community leader with the quick access and not having people to go on Podigy or some other kind of strange platform, but combining creator and listener in one place, putting them into one community and having uh, and giving them the option to easily share that experience of a live podcast and a live audio stream uh, together. So what you all mean, uh, if I understand correctly, is that uh, consumer social around voice has to be casual to succeed. It cannot be uh, anything else but casual. To succeed correct mm. by casual i mean uh, at the moment uh, if something uh, is produced for a, a longer uh, time span then it will fail because this is not what uh, the users the consumers uh, are uh, looking for when uh, going on the on the consumer social voice uh, platform right yeah i would say that like preferably so preferably it's something that's happening right now and something you want to react to and that's social and most of our social platforms uh, on the individual space are like that so you go on twitter and you see what's happening right now and at what and not what's happening like two years ago mm -hmm. um but there's definitely so like uh, what i said the, with my point there is like there's definitely value in in archiving it and providing it for later um but yeah i also would say it's preferably better to to have voice social uh, happening happening spontaneously all right uh, the objective of uh, today's uh, discussion is also to, to to have a discussion with uh, attendees so we had uh, mary before uh, uh, talking about uh, her take on, on on social and voice and uh, alexei is uh, here with us and uh, he wants to ask, ask a question uh, maybe you can uh, open up your mic if you want to sure to, uh, everyone use your um, voice I yeah, hi. Uh, I have two questions. One about the monetization strategies for audio apps, and second one regarding your take, guys, uh, for private. Uh, sorry, for public versus anonymous conversations. So maybe maybe we can start with the second question because we haven't addressed it uh, at the moment. Uh, maybe you you have a take, uh, Carlos, on. Um, anonymous and uh, and public because we had a discussion as well a few days ago uh, around products that uh, could have like uh, signed in users and uh, anonymous users and uh, maybe that's something you, you'd like to to talk about yeah and um i mean uh, identity is a very important you know aspect if you're building a social network i mean that that's what makes also facebook so uh, great, you know, that uh, it became kind of a directory of people that you, you knew. And that's a big difference, you know, you had with uh, what was existing, you know, before where you're not talking with Samurai 967, but I'm really talking with Olivier Desmoulins or Ilana Becerra. And I, I've guaranteed guarantee that I'm talking with, uh, with the right person. And this person is also accountable, you know, for what he's saying. And I think that for audio, it's exactly the same. I think that if you allow on a social network, you know, okay, uh, uh, people to uh, to talk anonymously or even change their voice and stuff like that, and you don't have any guarantee of 
who is talking or who, who is listening because it's exactly the same for listeners. You know, if I want to have an open voice, I want to know who is listening to me. And um, so I think that anonymous stuff, I'm not, I'm not a big, you know, fan of this kind of thing. Um, and uh, I, I, yeah, I think that identity is, is a very important aspect for free conversation and also to build the trust, you need to have real conversation and uh, consistent, you know, in a consistent way inside uh, a safe community that I would say, but I'm 47, I, I'm an old guy, you know, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm getting maybe two Republicans you know, here. <laughs> in Malibu, uh, of course. What would be a shame? I, I definitely agree with Carlos, and I can add that we tried in our very early beta phase to provide users with the opportunity to create a username and not really work with their real name. And what we saw is when, when you imagine like having a, a normal conversation and seeing people join, and then you want to address them with like, hey, resource 364, then it's super, super difficult and awkward, and you want to have like the real name and the real identity and maybe even a real picture. Uh, so that you just feel more comfortable to talking to each other. So we, we also saw that it's, it works better in our metrics and our data when we added full transparency for, for names and stuff like that. Olivier, when building a cappuccino, uh, do you have a take uh, around yeah, what you uh, would make public and what is, uh, could be anonymous? So the, uh, knowing who is listening to you is extremely important. Uh, it could be, uh, I mean, it has enormous impact on what people would say and, and if they will speak or not. Uh, so we could observe that uh, during our prototype phase. We, we built first prototypes on WhatsApp. Basically, we, uh, we built list of people. They, don't, they didn't know all each other, but we put them in groups and we, they, we asked them if they wanted to participate. And uh, some days the group was increasing because we were adding a new member. And sometimes the addition of a new number, a member in the group uh, would stop others to speak just because they were impressed by the other member or they didn't feel like they were confident speaking in front of this person. So there, there is a strong uh, social factor that is kind of same social aspect. You would, ha you would have a room full of people. Uh, you have small groups of people. If there is a guy with strong charisma that comes, that's the boss maybe, or, or like uh, or Brad Pitt, or I don't know, and people are, are impressed, they, won't f they don't feel like expressing themselves in, in front of this person. And the same could go for other things like trust and safety concerns. So uh, it's incredibly important. Uh, a lot of people, because I've been pitching this idea around cappuccino uh, for years, I mean, for years, uh, two, three years, and a lot of friends told me, oh, you should build a kind of secret of audio. People would just shoot out something and it would be in a big anonymous feed and people would just listen to this feed. And well, maybe to do like a, a one day bump project that uh, that has a success for one day and then you go in jail for, for <laughs> because... Remember Yik Yak. Remember Yik Yak. Yeah, remember I mean, Yik Yak. Yeah, I don't you want remember to Secret. Yeah, I don't want to build that. Never. Uh, everything always ended up, you know, pretty bad, you know, so... Mary is uh, sharing with us a, a tool which is called Too Deep, which is an audio-based audio anonymous uh, app, correct? And uh, you're saying that it's pretty uh, depressing, right? Why so? 
because it's actually an app where people uh, share their feelings. So I think people started doing that during lockdown. And I mean, I was since I was testing all the apps, I downloaded it and it was like really depressing because I mean, at some point, I think there's this guy that was like, at some point, like gonna like commit suicide. And just, I stopped listening because it's like, I mean, you don't want to like hear someone say something and then you don't hear about him anymore. And you're like, they're thinking like, did he commit suicide or something? I mean, if you're interested, just go and look the app at least download it because I mean, there, there is probably some like positive. Well, the pitch is bad, so I don't want to use it. <laughs> no, I'm sure there's some like uh, also good. It's I guess it's like highly emotional, like, you know, app. But uh, I, I downloaded during the lockdown. And, and honestly, what, what I've heard was not, not very positive. Not what you want to hear when you're in lockdown. Mary, okay. after you pitch, I think that Ilan and us and, and I are very, very interested in investing in this company. So that's a fantastic pitch, you know, you did here. <laughs> She's a representative uh, of Too Deep, <laughs> anonymous representative. I, I, I wanted to, uh, to to have like a conversation as well around uh, hardware. We talked a lot about uh, apps. Uh, we touched base uh, a bit on AirPods, but uh, do you think like? Uh, uh, Raf, uh, there is a second part of the question. I, I, I just want to, you know, be, but uh, Alex, you know, ask question about money. Oh, sorry. As well. Yeah, go forgot back, it. The, forgot is it. that after or do you just... No, 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 no. no. Please uh, go ahead with the monetization uh, thing. Yeah. Thank you, Alex. No, yeah. Uh, I'm, 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 not, I'm not asking to, uh, to answer, but uh, I just want no, to no, but thank sure you. Yeah, thank Alex you for the reminder. Gets, yeah. So, so uh, on my side, I'm going to be very quick. And on that, I think that, uh, again, you know, go back to uh, audio is more about community. So I think that everything that is advertising is based on audience and uh, a critical mass. And if you look at uh, podcasters, for example, the only podcasters making money are put very uh, uh, huge, you know, uh, podcasters with a, a large audience and, uh, and they're doing money with advertising. And I think that uh, I agree with Olivier. I think that there is much more to invent. And if you start, you know, if you change your perspective from audience to community and building a fan base and a strong relationship in between people, then that opened, you know, the, uh, the gate to very interesting a way of monetization. Like, for example, you can gate uh, uh, conversations, uh, you can make them some private, you can have like a, for example, uh, a, a conversation is like a show where there is only 30 people live that pay a ticket, you know, like you go to a show, but other people can listen to the show uh, freely, but they cannot participate in the show. Well, there is a, you can also do stuff like Patreon is doing, like subscription, donation. Look at Twitch, what Twitch is doing. Uh, Twitch has a, a lot of advertising. Thank you, Amazon, by the way, because I think that it's uh, the Amazon side of Twitch that is pushing on the kind of advertising, what I think it's ridiculous because I think that what Twitch really invented at, in the first place was a very interesting way to monetize the community with through virtual goods, you know, donation tips and stuff like that. And as an investor, I'm very interested in uh, audio companies, uh, but also in what kind of monetization do they think about? And if they come to me and say, yes, we're gonna do some advertising, traditional advertising, then I think to myself, okay, so if you want to do that, I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but that means that you need to build a crazy big community first and it, how much time it's going to take and how much capital it's going to take as well. 
So I don't think that's a really good idea. So what you mean is that uh, there is a potential path to monetizing a, a social app around voice uh, through gamification? You call that gamification. I don't call that gamification because I strongly believe, and that's a very personal opinion, that gamification doesn't work. I don't think it's a, it's a fantastic thing that everybody's talking about and everybody has been dreaming about, but the reality is that gamification works for games. Uh, but if you get out of the gaming uh, space, it's very difficult to apply you know, gamification. You can apply some gamification techniques. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is about monetizing access to your community and access to you, access to your content. Uh, access to premium content, premium experiences. And uh, well, I think that Patreon, you know, by the way, is doing very interesting stuff on that, on that side. Okay, but there is the, the, the reward And there is no aspect. gamification on Patreon. You know, it's yeah. all about money. Yeah, sure. But it's about access and premium content. Okay. Yeah, Ilan, you wanted to say something? Yeah. Um, the question is, will we find a scalable business model for audio outside of advertising? Right at this point, nobody knows. As, as Carlos said, I mean, there are a few other options. Substack uh, is potentially also, uh, you know, an option to to monetize your content. That's mainly audio content because you can bundle it with with uh, with uh, text content. Uh, and some bloggers slash podcaster uh, have been successful, you know, building a revenue stream this way. Although it's not it's not really big. So the 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 one thing I wanted to say is when you look at platforms like Apple and Spotify, especially Spotify, I must say that I'm very disappointed that they didn't come up with a, a real solution for it. Like think of a format. Uh, right now, I think the most popular format for podcasts, uh, just to focus on podcasts because everything else is too small yet to monetize, but um, it's sponsorship, right? So you will have you know, host read um, uh, ads at the beginning of a podcast. And by the way, those ads, we love them. Uh, I mean, when I listen to how I build this, I love hearing Gaira's talking about the products. You know, it's an ad, but coming from the host that you like, that you appreciate, I think the conversion rate might be way higher. And I think we all have that, that, um, that hunch, but we have no data about it. Like, you know, attribution is really hard in that space because you might talk about the sponsor and you will hear uh, the host say something like, you know, go to casper.com slash uh, how I build this. And that's a way for them to know if, if it's coming from them, but most people will just go to casper.com. Um, and so I think like an easy format that could, uh, that could be built by, by Spotify or Apple is when the host is reading an ad um, on your screen, you will have actually a visual ad. And just by clicking on it, you're redirected automatically to the product. So that's a new format that doesn't exist yet. Um, and, I th and I think advertising still looks like the best format for, for voice, uh, but we just need to be able to customize it. Right now, it's like super, like it's, it's uh, craftsmanship, right? It's every host that comes up with its own uh, way of doing advertising. So just by, you know, customizing advertising for voice, we can get to a good place. Okay. So there is room to innovate, uh, when it comes to monetizing, uh, consumer, uh, consumer social around voice. It should be something new built around it, uh, uh, 
as much as uh, the, the way to distribute uh, this uh, format is uh, is done. So monetization should be uh, should uh, uncover new new fields as well. Um, thanks for it. Uh, yeah, th there is another topic I wanted to to to, to address is uh, the potential of uh, hardware to uh, to to to, uh, to propel uh, consumer. Uh, Uh, things around voice. Do you think that uh, AirPods, uh, the Alexa thing, uh, could be uh, the app stores uh, I was referring uh, to before? Uh, so not something uh, like digital, but something like uh, you, you can touch uh, a hardware thing. And maybe this question uh, could be uh, answered uh, firsthand by uh, Ilan because you are a hardware guy building a willow. <laughs> so you, you know a bit about uh, hardware for consumer. Uh, yes. Um... Well, so it's no, not about I, voice, it's about the mouth. So you're taking care of the teeth, <laughs> but it's still around the same place of connected. your body. All right, <laughs> connected. So um, so there are some use cases uh, that are very interesting with Alexa, for instance, right? Being able to listen to podcasts and, and um, audio snippets and news uh, on your Alexa, it, it's cool. Now, did it um, develop? That space like is it growing the space honestly I'm, i'm not sure i again i don't think that's mainstream yet uh when you look at airpods so every everybody's talking about um airpod as a, as a potential platform for apple i'm i'm waiting to hear i'm waiting to see i don't think hardware is missing uh we have our phone and it's gonna be the big winner in voice um so i'm, I'm not sure like what kind of other hardware we're missing to Uh, associate um, it to, to to voice apps and how to improve the the UX of voice apps. Um, Olivier, maybe you heard about it. What is it missing from the current hardware we're using between you know desktop computers, um, tablets, and, and phones? Um, so I kind of I, I I say I 50% agree with you. Uh, I think uh, I think we don't miss something, but I. I still believe that AirPods are uh, increasing the capacities in terms of uh, the fact that of not having wires of, I, I believe that people don't wear AirPods the same way they used to wear headphones for those who have AirPods. In terms of uh, you get used to have it a lot, uh, like very often on you. And and so it it increases Uh, your capacity to consume audio content uh, during the day, but uh, besides that, besides that, uh, I agree. I agree with you. Maybe one thing that could change a bit the game is that currently uh, you can with Siri you can talk to your phone, but you can't really talk to an app. Uh, if uh, if if you're on the OS level, you can't say uh, something. You can't address a comment to Cappuccino. Uh, you can't you can't uh, like, for example, with the voice uh, something you're listening to. Um, so uh, maybe we, if we have new APIs for Siri, that could be. I mean, I'm I'm saying Siri, but uh, same would go for the other platforms. Uh, it it could help build new features, but uh, I think the vast majority of what we need is already here. Tom, uh, you have a, a take on it. 
I don't have a disagreeing take on it, so I would re agree with everything uh, anybody said on the on the topic. So yeah, I also don't think that there is something missing uh, on in the hardware space to to really accelerate social audio growth. Okay, excellent. So we've been uh, around for about uh, an hour. Uh, maybe we can uh, we can take a few more questions from uh, from you uh, participants. So Marie, if you want to say something else, but we have also Nico, we have uh, Breeze, Tyler. Carmelo, Alexei, if you want I have to say a question for, for, for people, you know, I mean, I mean, it's not only about asking. Yeah, sure. Ask Take this opportunity. I, yeah. For example, you know, I have a question for Mary, because on the chat you say, uh, I, I kind of understand, you know, what you mean, but I would like you to iterate in on that. When you say it, there is a difference in between membership and subscription, uh, I would like you to, because I think it's a very interesting uh, concept, what you're trying to, uh, to bring here. And can you just explain a little bit what you mean by what's the difference and in the context of Patreon is a good context, you know, by the way, in the difference in between membership and subscription? Well, um, uh, can you hear me? Because yeah. I've got a really bad connection. I think it's because uh, there's like a thunder in Paris. So I'm, uh, I'm sorry about we that. We can hear you. We can okay, hear you. Good. Um, it's actually important. I, I wrote a very long article on monetization and uh, actually, actually I'm publishing it in like the next couple of days. But the thing is, well, I looked into like how creators are monetizing. I was actually focusing in like newsletters, like newsletter creators, but I think it goes also for podcasts. And uh, the thing is, uh, if you look at Substack, Substack is selling subscriptions. But subscription is basically you're just telling people, well, you know, it's seven you know, euros per month or you can take an annual and then, you know, you just buy it and you access the content. But uh, I think content is available everywhere. So in this type of model, you'll only have happy few winners. You're not going to have like, I know you can read things like, okay, on Substack, you've got creators that are um, making $100,000 a year or 200000 But those are just happy few. Like the majority of them won't, won't make it that way. My um, belief is that they need to uh, go on the membership road, which is different because when you go, uh, when you put on a membership and, you know, just, just go on a Patreon and look at all the memberships, it's like really personalized things. You've got this creator that does uh, um, a membership where you can see him write his articles at the same time and you can add comments while he's writing. So you're not paying for content, you're paying for like, I don't know, like, you know, just a closer connection to the creator. In fact, you know, you're, 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 that, that's what you're paying for. And, you know, now with like everything that's happening around with lockdowns and Corona and everything, we know that we're going to possibly uh, be social distancing and everything. And so people are really looking for a connection. And that's why I think audio is actually uh, a, a, a perfect timing because people want to connect. And what's more personal than audio? That's not something I... I pointed out um, in the article. So, um, but again, I mean, I'm, I'm really not an expert. I mean, when I see all the people today uh, around the, the, this uh, podcast, it's like, you know, uh, I haven't built anything. So it's just a personal opinion. No, but Mary, what you're saying here is go back to, uh, goes back to the point we mentioned, you know, earlier about content and community. A subscription, you subscribe to content. You've got access to content. And what you describe it is membership that is, I find, very interesting that membership is about access to people. I mean, that you got an access, you create some intimacy, you a member, you're one of the few that is here, you know, and you have direct access to people, not only the content, but really the people. 
And I think it's a very interesting, it goes back again, you know, to the difference in between content and, and community. So uh, that's interesting. Thank you for that. Subscription, subscription are really just a revenue agreement with like yeah. a financial benefit. And on the other hand, it's really belonging and personal and yeah, yeah completely agree. Car Carmelo, you wanted to say something about a push to talk uh, audio app. Would you like to, to say it loud? Carmelo. Okay, so I will try to, 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 uh, to make it loud. So uh, what Carmelo says is that uh, push to talk audio app like uh, did add a slot here uh, ago, but because uh, one can talk to his group, um, can somebody help me uh, understand what's written? Uh, because I have like a, a tired eyes. It's uh, 8 p.m. my time, I'm a bit tired. Uh, so there is, uh, he's talking about a monodirectional channel where uh, content creators would push content but without any interaction. Is it uh, what you want to, to, to talk about, Carmelo? Oh, he's on the mountain. Okay. So has somebody something to say about a monodirectional channel? Is it it's radio. Yeah. It's radio? Yeah, maybe it's about podcasts. Uh, all right, maybe we can uh, take it uh, a bit later. Um, no, but there was a, an interesting question before about Discord, and I think we missed, you know, this uh, comment on the chat. I think uh, we haven't mentioned, you know, Discord, and I think Discord is a very, very interesting platform uh, that we should talk about. And uh, uh, among the new generation, there is a lot, and not only because I'm 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 a user of Discord, but that's maybe because I'm a gamer. Uh, but uh, if someone can talk about Discord and 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 bring some perspective in on Discord, that would be very interesting. I think so. Uh, guys, I'm sorry. Uh, I have to jump. I have another call or last call uh, tonight. Sorry to interrupt you there. Um, that was so cool much. to have you. Thank yeah, you very thank much. Thank you so much. It was really great. And yeah, looking forward to maybe do this another time again. Okay, excellent. Thank you, thank you so much, Tom. Thank Have a good you. evening. Bye. Bye, Tom. Ciao. Yeah, so uh, has somebody something to say about uh, Discord? Uh, and what's the potential about uh, Discord? Are you talking uh, mostly about a kind of, uh, of a segment of the population? Or is it uh, about the product you like to, to talk? I mean, uh, Discord is uh, mostly about uh, uh, a persona, right? Is about uh, young people playing. What's interesting with Discord is that, um, like, you have like all these gaming apps, like uh, you know, voice chat apps like Discord, Overtone, Teamspeak, Steam, because pl gaming players always use like a, a, a voice chat. So it, they've been around for a long time. But what's interesting is that if you look at Discord, it's not only gamers that use Discord now. So that's the interesting part. And and I think that that's what I've been noticing it. Like, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm not very fan of Discord because there's just too much for me. It's like, a, you know, it's like a Christmas tree. It's like, a, and I get in bots and everything. So personally, I don't, in, I don't like it, but I can understand people enjoying it. And so the thing is, they're going into something that's bigger than just initially like a gaming platform. And that's definitely having something to watch. They uh, changed a bit their website a couple of weeks ago and the, the positioning and everything and they said they would much more focus on audio i think it was a tweet two three weeks ago so uh if you go on their twitter account you can see it so um i, I mean definitely interesting watching yeah 
But again, isn't it uh, like kind of a distortion uh, with the, the COVID-19 situation, uh, with the, this new usage of uh, Discord? It's uh, always, I mean, the lingering question, uh, has uh, everything been uh, changed uh, uh, because of that COVID situation? Or was it something like Listen, happening already I, before? I think that social distanciation didn't, didn't start, you know, with the COVID. That's one thing you need to understand. Uh, if you look at the new generation, they're not meeting the, as often that we used to meet, you know, ourselves. There is a, the social distanciation was there, you know, even before COVID. And I think that there is a lot of the new generation that are using tools, not only, I'm not talk, not only Discord, but Discord is one of them. But if you think about TikTok or um, uh, other apps, is, uh, is, is, is they, they use all this app to get Uh, um, uh, together, you know, and uh, and no matter where they are based, you know, and no matter their location, and also because uh, as parents, you know, we became totally paranoid, and uh, we we uh, we think that the world is very dangerous, you know. And I've got a 13 years old, you know, girl, for example, and every time she's leaving the house, you know, I'm kind of worried and stuff like that. And I think that they try to recreate this kind of party you had, you know, together online on different apps. And Discord is just a voice channel. You know, it's like they are in the same room. They are talking. It's a phone, you know, basically with a group of friends and they talk to each other, you know, on, on, on a voice channel that is always open. So basically it's 24. If you want it to open 24 hours and people jump in and have a conversation, it's a server. You know, they call that a server. So you create a server on Discord and you open a voice conversation for with a, a, a group of friends and you can have this server private or public, depends. And then, uh, but it's really about that. You know. It's interesting uh, what you're saying because uh, it appears to me that uh, there is an increasing fragmentation of uh, the tools you can use to engage with your group, with your community. Do you think that uh, this fragmentation will continue and will expand, or do you see like a, a point at which uh, things are gonna uh, get a bit more clustered and uh, and less fragmented and uh, consolidated? Uh, do you think? I mean, in your view, is there gonna be uh, what's gonna be the trigger, the potential trigger for this fragmentation to stop and maybe to yeah. reconcentrate on the the, the most uh, important use cases and types of communities? It will happen exactly what happened all the time. I've been around, you know, for now more than 20 years so at the beginning always start with tools always it's a it's it's a bunch of tools out there okay and then at some point someone come with a platform that is not the best tool but is the best combination you know uh, it's it's like the best uh, uh consensus you know in between all these tools and you have a bundling you know of these tools into a platform and then After a while, there is an unbundling, you know, of the platform. If you look at YouTube, is a very good example. At the beginning of the video, you had a ton of tools to create videos and share, you know, videos. Then YouTube, you know, came and created the platform. And now we are on the age of the unbundling. So YouTube did the bundling, you know, of all these videos. And then we are on the age of the unbundling, you know, with Twitch and all the things that is unbundling of YouTube. So I think that for audio, It's exactly, I, I, I did a survey, you know, and look at all podcasting, you know, tools that exist, you know, on the market. Most of them are tools that uh, they, they make you pay for it, you know. So basically you pay for recording, sharing, uh, store, um, uh, uh, share, uh, storing, you know, and stuff like that. So there are tools. There will be a platform very soon that is going to take everything. And the winner is going to take all. 
and then there will be an unbundling of this platform. It's, 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 I think it's, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. It's, it's always, you take everything, recruiting. Uh, there were a lot of tools you know, f- to recruit. Then LinkedIn came, bundling. And now you have an unbundling of LinkedIn. So it, you can take any kind of a market, it's always the same. So what applies for fashion, for anything, will apply as well for this type of product? Absolutely. I think so. That's my point of view. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, that's okay. what I think. Okay, we are uh, almost uh, done from a technical standpoint. Uh, having a term leaving us is kind of a hint. We are over time, but just from a technical standpoint. No, it's just from a German a content- guy that respects time. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> 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 we will cut this uh, when doing the replay, no? <laughs> no, we'll keep it. Okay, uh, has anyone uh, something uh, else to say? Maybe one last word from uh, each of you, uh, if you if you have something uh, final to say. Um, on my side, it was a very rich conversation. We, we talked about identity, about uh, hardware, about community, about the quality of content. Uh, I think we touched base a lot on uh, all the topics uh, that are critical to uh, to, 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 to voice for, for consumer. Uh, maybe you want to say a word, something we didn't address uh, during the talk? Maybe Olivier? Or not? Uh, like a message? No, I, uh, uh, no, I, Dropping I, a bottle? You know, you know, my message was maybe that uh, um, I'm not sure we can talk by itself of uh, voice consumer apps in general. Uh, I, I don't believe like we all do the same product. Um, and it's more like we, in our case, we try to address user at a specific moment of their day where they can uh, get something, consume something, and we try to, to make this consuming experience great. And at another moment of the day, we try to uh, give them the opportunity to express themselves. And it's like these two moments, we have to create the, the best experience De facto, it's related to voice, um, but uh, I, 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 I'm not sure that it, it's uh, enough to put us in the same bucket that, than, uh, and I have strong respect for the other voice apps, but I'm not sure this voice thing is a stronger uh, common point that link us all together. I think cappuccino is cappuccino, clubhouse is house or um it's, okay not very clear yeah you are playing in uh, different categories that uh, you could not oppose uh, one to another i think it's uh, our design problems uh i'm not sure we are working on the same design considerations this mm. is my point okay thanks for this uh for this uh, point of view uh yeah carlos uh, ilan maybe uh your uh, point of view uh Uh, as an investor, uh, maybe uh, what your message to all the founders out there uh, building things around voice? Yeah, I mean, as an investor, it's it's an interesting uh, uh, angle because there aren't that many startups that I would back right now. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of uh, apps so far. Um, very few have the potential uh to become really big right there will be probably a few winners in the voice space and voice is very generic as 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 olivier just said actually they're all building different products and there may be a market for many of them um now one of the main issues i'm seeing is for them to get big they'll need to create that platform they need to be able to bring you know millions of of to draw millions of users and tens of millions of users to their platform 
And, and when you see apps like, like Storm, for instance, which has a very interesting value proposition, uh, you know, as a podcaster, I really love using Storm. But the problem is there's no... There is nobody. Not much people, right? There's not much people on their platform. So as a podcaster, as a host, you need to be the one like promoting your show big time for your network, your community to come and listen to you on on, um, on Storm, which means that we are the ones bringing the audience to their platform. And it doesn't work. It's, you know, in... in, in in the end, I mean, we won't spend our energy marketing our shows. We just want to create content. And so that's one of the biggest challenges. Uh, in, in Cappuccino's case, I still love the use case for Cappuccino because, yes, it's voice, but it's not trying to create a social network. It's, it's more of a, um, it's closer to WhatsApp than Facebook, uh, definitely, which means that you don't, you don't need... Um, uh, you don't need like a critical mass for it to be successful. Um, and so as an investor, I'm just trying to find the platforms that can really get big and they're on that many so far. So that's why I haven't invested in any audio related product yet. Okay. Thanks. Yet. Yet. <laughs> Excellent. Carlos, maybe you want to, uh, yeah, I, I agree with Zilan, but uh, at the same time, I think that it's a very interesting space. Uh, I'm maybe, uh, uh, if you're doing something on audio right now, just uh, send me an email. Uh, it's uh, every time, you know, someone talk to me about audio, it's like I'm listening music. And when someone ping me, you know, about I'm doing something, a startup around audio, I'm, I'm doing like, what? It's, uh, it's basically this kind of uh, reaction you know, I have because uh, I think that, uh, yes, I believe in conversation and audio conversation. I think it's a very fundamental need to humanity as breathing. And I think it's a very reliable tool we all have to think, to express, to connect to each other. Uh, and uh, I think it's, uh, yes, we're going to go to it. And, uh, and, uh, Depend and, uh, upon your, your time zone. Yeah, uh, it's, it's going to be time you know, here as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's a very interesting format because it's a very inclusive you know, format. I mean, not everybody can write. It, it requires uh, 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 skills and a lot of time to write. And I think that with voice, it's a very inclusive and we need more inclusiveness you know, right now, I think. And there is a lot of people that uh, have stuff to say and uh, maybe don't have the time and the skills, you know, to say it. You know, by the way, uh, voice was very, very used in China, in Asia. And one of the reasons of that is because there is a, 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 not a lot of people know how to write. And by the way, writing Chinese is very, very difficult, you know. So that's why, you know, they use audio very, uh, very much. You know, it's because it's a much easier tool to express and and, and to share ideas. And now there is the technology here, you know, to make it happen. So that's why, you know, I'm excited, you know, by this space. And I think that there would be a lot of things to, to, to do. I agree with uh, Olivier. It's not going to be one, they, they, there is many stuff, you know, to, to build. It's not only one thing. There is many, many experiences, you know, to build. The question of the monetization is a very important element. I haven't seen, you know, a lot of things very interesting, you know, right now. And I think that we need to reinvent, you know, the way we monetize, you know, voice, because I don't think you monetize voice the same way you monetize uh, video or 
uh, or text. Uh, so, but it's a beginning. So yes, excited. And if nobody does it, you know, I would do it myself. <laughs> Carlos, you should have one email in your inbox already. Thank you, Alex. Excellent. So we're not to, uh, even uh, we're not even uh, at day one for voice. It's already it's still a day uh, zero, I would say. Right. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for uh, joining today. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Olivier, Ilan, and uh, Carlos, and uh, Tom. Even though you, you're already gone, and thank you, uh, Alexei, Marie, uh, Brice, Carmelo, Tyler, and all the other ones uh, who participated. And uh, have a good uh, evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are. <laughs> Thanks for organizing. Bye. Thank you so All much. Right. Goodbye. Bye.